Hello, Calm122 podcast listeners. As we wrap up the topic of media mandate from previous weeks, we'll now start a new series on the topic of media regulations. You are no stranger to media regulations. If you follow the news about e-cigarettes, you might have heard of a call to ban the advertising of e-cigarettes on television. This call came after numerous reports of vaping-related deaths. Another recent case is the talk of breaking up big tech because big tech companies become overly influential. There are also conversations on regulating fake news and foreign interference on social media platforms. Well, first of all, regulations are various rules, standards, and norms set by governments, legislative bodies, and non-government entities. You might think that regulations are all enforced by governments. Well, many regulations are indeed enacted by governments following laws passed by Congress. We call this formal regulation. An example is the ban on the advertising of tobacco products. There is also informal regulation, such as movie ratings. Movie ratings are not by the U.S. government, but by the Motion Picture Association of America, which is a non-government organization. Regulations could target content produced by media outlets, or something not directly related to the content, such as media ownership, licensing, who has access to it, etc. If you feel the information is overwhelming, don't worry. We'll go over each of these common types of regulations with examples. Before we do that, though, let's review four milestones of media-related legislation in U.S. history. First, the Radio Act of 1912. This is a federal law that went into effect in 1912, not long after the sinking of the Titanic. We mentioned it briefly in the last episode. The Radio Act of 1912 is the first legislation targeting radio technology. It requires that anyone transmitting signals through radio waves needs a license. Before this legislation, public airwaves were a wild west. Everyone, including amateurs, commercial operators, and U.S. Navy operators, could send signals. This created interference issues as someone may inadvertently or intentionally send fake distress calls. At the time of the Radio Act of 1912, radio was used mostly as one-to-one wireless communication. So the Radio Act of 1912 (laughs) is not applicable to broadcasting radio stations. In our community, you can listen to the local NPR station broadcasts on FM 88.5. Can you imagine what would happen if a nearby station tried to broadcast using the same frequency? Yeah, it would jam the signal from the NPR station. That's basically what happened before the Radio Act of 1927. So, the Radio Act of 1927 creates the Federal Radio Commission, a government body. It gives the FRC authority to allocate frequencies to stations and individuals. Following the guiding standard, public interest, convenience, or necessity. However, Congress failed to define precisely what it meant by public interest, convenience, and necessity in either the statutory text or legislative history. The Radio Act of 1927 ushered in the golden age of radio with interference dying down. As radio stations began to broadcast nationally, a common popular culture emerged based on the common consumption of radio shows. Following the Radio Act of 1927, Congress passed the Communication Act of 1934. This expanded the regulation to telephone communication, a new invention at the time. It creates the FCC, Federal Communication Commission, which is still functioning today. The Communications Act of 1934 also set the commercial media mandate as the de facto media mandate for the country. If you want to learn more about this part of the history, read the Commercial Radio Debate section on the Wikipedia page about this legislation. The last legislation on our list is the Telecommunications Act of 1996, which was passed when Bill Clinton was president. As a bill of the Age of Information Highways, the Telecommunications Act of 1996 regulated internet, calling it Advanced Telecommunications Service. 
What's unique about this act is that it seeks to deregulate rather than overregulate the media telecommunications sector. It loosens up rules for broadcasting license, cross-media ownership, etc. The goal was to foster competition and let the industries grow by relying on market forces. However, critics say the legislation has achieved the very opposite of its original intent. After the legislation was introduced, and because it freed up rules on mergers, the media and telecommunication industry became dominated by a small number of players, resulting in media conglomerates. Instead of promoting competition, it created monopolies. Okay, that's all for today's episode. Next week, we'll delve into each specific type of regulation. Thanks for listening. I'll see you then.